0: Hi, this is Elaine Benfield, and welcome to another episode of Her Stories. Today, I'm super excited to have Vanessa Renee join me on Her Stories. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Elaine. Thanks for joining me. So, you know, every time I start off Her Stories, I talk about why someone's um, inspiring. And I'm I'm gonna say this, I'm, I'm very honest. The minute I met you and saw who you were, I felt like you were a kindred spirit. I felt you've gone through some of the things I've gone through in my life, and I find you super inspiring for taking, you know, lost love, lost life, and transforming it. You've created transformative wisdom, and you're helping others really survive but thrive. Um, I find you super inspiring. You're about to kick off a podcast, and there's a lot of things that you are just starting, including getting married in the spring. So you really inspire me, Vanessa. I'm happy that you're in my world, and I'm excited for people to get to know you.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Elaine. Um, I also felt like you were a kindred kindred spirit as well. So, so happy to hear that.
0: Thank you. So let's, why don't we kick off. So tell me about Vanessa. Who is Vanessa?
1: (sighs) Who is Vanessa? Um, Vanessa is a creative. She is a dreamer. She is a romanticizer and she is very idealistic, which can sometimes get me into a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great overview. And, you know, as we met talking about heartache and let's just kick it off with, let's go down the sad part to get to the happy part. So talk to me about, um, you know, where were you the last few, five you know, years ago? And let's talk about. Kind of where your life was at at a turning point. Let's start there.
1: Yeah. So my journey began seven years ago. Mm -hmm. It was it was around the holidays in 2016. Uh, Everything I thought I had everything that I wanted in my life. I was living in a city that I just adored. I was living in the Bay Area, and if anyone has been to uh, San Francisco during its heyday, not so much now, but if you've been to San Francisco, um, it it was just a magical place. So I was living there. I was um, in my career. I have a background in education. I was doing well in my career. I was married and I was planning on buying a house. Like everything was just, in my world, it was just perfect. And then one day, um, it was interesting. I actually had a dream about it before it happened, but
0: what did you do Like a premonition that you knew something was wrong?
1: Yeah, I um, had a dream that my then husband that I was married to for four and a half years, uh, when we had gotten married, he wrote me like this beautiful note, like it was on two pages. And the dream was that he held the note in front of my face and he ripped it in half. Yeah, so at that time, I didn't know what that meant exactly. I was like, mm, okay, like it's it's just a dream. About two to three days later, um, he then drops the bomb on me that, you know, he just doesn't want to be married to me anymore. And just everything just kind of snowballed from there. It's like this perfect life that I had built, you know, in my head, it had just crumbled. Like it just crumbled, like building a house made of sand.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I felt like we talked about this together and I felt like, oh, my God, I so understood what you felt because that was my reality of like from one moment. I'm like, oh, I thought I was so happy. And I told I think I told you, I told a girlfriend, said this is the happiest I've ever been. And within three or four weeks, my entire world's completely imploded. And it is that picture. I do think a sandcastle with all the sand just slowly like going to nothing I completely get that. Cause that's the way I felt. And did you have, people ask me all the time, did you have any signs? Like, did you know that he was going to do this and like went in reflection? Cause sometimes it's, you have to reflect and go, maybe he wasn't so happy or maybe there were signs. Did you see anything?
1: I think for me at the time, I didn't see anything, but like for me in hindsight, um, now I'm like, Oh yeah, there, there were definitely signs that I, I completely overlooked. Um, He started to withdraw. He started to be very secretive. Um, And, you know, I just chopped it off to, oh, like, maybe he's stressed at work or, you know. So, yeah. And I think
0: in the moment, I think it's hard because you're like, oh, it's just life. Life gets busy and life work is crazy. And you're like, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, they really are retreating almost.
1: Yeah. So... In hindsight, yes, there were signs and there were red flags, but I didn't think that it was anything like big.
0: Yeah. So how, so when, when you get to that point, I feel like I always say like you fall to the ground. How did you, how long did it take you to go? Oh my God. You know, as you and I've talked about like the stages of grief, how do you go through first of all, denial? You're like, this didn't just happen. And then you have to learn to accept and there's anger and there's, you know, all these other parts. Do you remember that moment, like how long did it take you to get honestly off the floor to go, oh my God, this is my new reality.
1: You know what? It took a little while um, Mm -hmm. because I had like all these moving parts, like it it was just very nuanced because first there is the, you know, the person lets you know, hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. Well, you know, we share an apartment, you know there are things that we share, and during that time, you know, like I said, I was in education. I love education, but education does not pay very well in the traditional sense, so even though as I was doing as it should, right it should. as it should, it's yeah. like you know pay pay your teachers and your educators, but um, yeah, I wasn't making a lot of money, even though I was very celebrated at my job, and so there was then all the survival stress kind of came up that I had to solve. Um, I had to- And you're to- also
0: not, like Vanessa, you weren't living, you're living in the Bay Area. So let's yeah. just say, no matter what job you have, but obviously education is one of them. It's not like you're in the middle of nowhere where you're like, oh, I can swing in an apartment. It becomes reality of, oh my God, I can't afford this alone. Yes. So that's part of the bigger picture of like, now what do I do on a single salary? So how did- so what, so then do you go through your process like, oh my God, we have to get an apartment. Did he move out? how do you do it?
1: Yeah. So um, I've always been a very diplomatic person. So I was just like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable like in this house or apartment anymore. You just announced that you didn't want us to be together. So I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to bow out gracefully and I'm going to leave. So I left and I was couch surfing with some friends for a while And I had to regrettably tell my job that, you know, I had to look for something else, that I couldn't be there. And so I applied for other positions. I got offered a position that would actually uh, pay me well enough. But they actually, at the last minute after doing um, all of the medical and the background check and accepting the offer, they rescinded my offer. So it was like this whole other grieving uh, grieving process of being in this place that I had loved and I had lived there for over a decade and all of a sudden like things and options are being withdrawn from me and that is when I knew, you know what, I can't stay here. I can't. My body just went through deep burnout. Like I couldn't get in my car. I couldn't drive. Like I would just open my eyes and it just seemed like the world would just move. So...
0: Felt the slow motion.
1: Yeah. I felt
0: like I was like walking, but everyone's walking really fast and I'm walking really slow trying to survive. It's a very surreal moment, you know? I, yeah. I understand that.
1: So, yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's when I was like, I have to throw in a towel. My body needs to rest. Um, mm-hmm. I called my dad and was like, you know what? I have to move back home. That was everything started in January. I moved. 400 miles back to L.A. about in May. So it's kind of like that long process. And uh, my dad was so nice. He drove out, flew out, helped me pack up all my stuff, drove my 25-year-old cat and my other cat and all my stuff all the way back to L.A. And um, that is where I stayed. And I slept on my mom's couch. For three years. So during that time that the grieving process began for me.
0: And did your family because I think the hard part is also you were like in fairness, you were lucky you didn't have kids, but you have friends that are in common. You have family. How hard was it? Because a lot of times in divorce, it's like it separates mm-hmm. and you lose people that you thought were friends, you see who your true friends are. How was that? You were lucky with great parents. So that's thankful you did how do you feel about like, you know, friends and support, obviously you're couch surfing. So you had a great, great group of friends, but did you lose people in this process? And did you see who your true friends were throughout kind of all this?
1: I definitely saw who my true friends were. Um, That was also another part of the grieving process that I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that the friend group that I had was very much about status and appearances. Um, And then, you know, so being a divorced woman doesn't quite fit into their narrative. So I started to get invitations less and less, phone calls less and less. And that was that was uh, a big shocker for me.
0: Well, and I think we talked about it even like what's the new word for divorce? Because you and I talked about like, I feel like it's a positive thing. Like to me, you and I could have been with our exes. No, no offense to them but we have these great new chapters of life to me, divorce is so negative and it's a stereotype and couples don't want to invite you. And it becomes this, it doesn't have to be bad. It can be good. And we're not this, you know, group of people that are, you know, just because we're single and it's only one doesn't mean we shouldn't be invited. And I find, I'm sure you felt the same way that it's like people really do almost ostracize you for the scarlet letter of, Oh goodness, she's divorced. And I, I'm not sure if you felt the same way.
1: Yes, I did. Uh, I didn't realize how much uh, being a divorced woman was so stigmatized, and I didn't have any frame of reference for it because mm-hmm. um, my my parents were never married. So, and I have a lot of single women in my family. We don't really have a lot of marriages that happen in our family. So, for me, I didn't necessarily know what that process even looked like.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's interesting. I've had some friends and I remember looking at them and I never judge because I think you don't know someone's relationship or I tried not to, Um, but there is definitely, you know, you knew those people. And I always felt people were talking behind my back. Oops. Sorry. That's the, well, that's interesting.
1: It's an (laughs)
0: alert. It's, It's an alert for That's Wild. I heard there was going to be some emergency broadcast. We're going to try to cut that piece out. Oh, yeah. No
1: problem.
0: (laughs) It's bizarre on both ends. Did you feel that people were talking about you? Oh, we're getting it too. Yeah, it's some um, emergency. They were doing it across the country, I heard, which I didn't realize it would be during our time. Okay. So so I'll cut this piece out. So did you feel people were talking behind you to some degree, like your group of friends that I felt people were whispering behind, like trying to get the scoop of what happened and were people trying to get your narrative of what it was? And did anyone know he was going to do it? Was the gossip part of your, you know, survival to get to those, through those three years? Did you feel any of that? Um, the great thing about it was that I moved. Oh, so you So I wasn't privy
1: to it. So I'm sure people talk, but I was already 400 miles away. So I didn't really get to feel any of that.
0: Do you have any regret moving out of the apartment or I love that you did move. Like, is that part of the shedding the skin of, you know, here, that was that chapter and I have to find a way to get through it. Did you feel that must have helped you in some way because I'm still in the same house. I'm you know, living my new life, but it's still the old life in some ways that must've been almost cathartic for you to leave and be like, I'm starting, this is, I'm moving 400 miles away. It must've felt good.
1: It was very painful uh, at first. I didn't see the blessing in it until like years later. And I had often thought, well, what if I did keep my apartment? But, it's, you know, I became someone different when I moved back home and I actually started my healing process. And I feel as though that I wouldn't be as far along if I would have kept the apartment.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And let's talk about your healing process, because I'm always fascinated with women that are strong like you, that how do you find the strength to overcome the heartbreak? Because it's it's you have a path that you think it's going and all of a sudden you're like, the life I thought that I've been building is no longer, it's gone. How did you find the strength to, to overcome the heartbreak? And I know you said it took you a few years, which I think is so admirable to take the time. But how'd you, what was the, what, do you remember the day where you're like, oh my God, I'm done. I'm, I've, I've met a really good place.
1: Hmm. Well, the process of that was really interesting. I felt like I didn't have, a choice. It felt like life had kind of pushed me to this rock in a hard place. And it's like, you know what? Like, you have a decision to make. Either you pick yourself up and you turn this around and you move forward, or you let this destroy you. And I have a, it's really interesting, but the narrative in my family on both sides is that, you know, they were very loving, happy go lucky people until they met a man that broke their heart. And it just completely shattered just their self esteem and everything about them. So I have a lot of women in my family who that was their narrative. And I just remember when it finally happened to me, I was like, I I just was like, no, like this, I'm not gonna let this happen to me. I'm not gonna let one person define, you know, how I live the rest of my life. And so after that, I was just a seeker of answers.
0: Well, and I think you and I, we've talked about, but I think what one of the reasons I find you such a kindred spirit is you're not a victim. You found this, and I feel like I said that to you right away when we met, I don't wanna be a victim. Just because I had this life and this life and chapter's over, no one's gonna define me. I'm gonna define myself and I'm I'm choosing to be happy. I'm choosing to move on. And I feel like you're a great example of that as well, that you were never the victim you could have been at a certain time, but you're like, how can I take this and learn from it? And I feel that that's so inspiring because I think some women just for the rest of their lives, they're defined by that. And, and you and I are, you know, and and many others are not going to be defined by that. So, uh, you know, is that, does that get you up in the morning going, I'm good. I'm in a good place, you know, surviving it.
1: It does. I'm, I'm so happy that I didn't, just allow that to turn me into someone that I'm not. And mm-hmm. I also found that uh, because I was around my family and because I was, you know, they watched my struggle of having to um, just expel all the grief out of my body to get my energy back because I was I was so messed up. I couldn't get off the couch. Like, I had no energy. Um, so they watched me get up. Um, I became... Uh, A yoga instructor actually retrained trained for yoga and um, they watched me kind of ascend again. And I remember my grandma telling me that, like, wow, she's like, you really didn't let anything stop you. And I feel as though that it was also very inspiring for them to also show them that, hey, like, you know, there's there's more life after that. You don't have to be defined by someone that, you know, broke your heart and probably doesn't care about you right now
0: and isn't thinking about the damage they did i feel like yes. that's part of they do it they move on and it's like we're the ones holding the pieces i think right. and in the end our best gift is to be like i don't think about them either that that's it gave me this new life so tell me so you're engaged so i would love to hear mm-hmm. so tell me how when were you open to because i'm once again you're inspiring me as i'm looking you know looking forward to the next chapter to be in love again how did you, when did you realize your heart was ready to find this, you know, fabulous person in your life?
1: So, it's really interesting. I just, you know, just through the process of, you know, just my healing journey and just following my bliss, which was also very healing to me, um, I just really wanted a companion. And I was like, okay, let me, try online dating Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay I'm gonna put a profile out there you know we'll see what happens and so uh my wonderful fiance he was actually on there he messaged me and come to find out after a first date he was like I he lives on the same street as my mom oh my god Yeah.
0: Out of all streets in all of LA, like that's pretty wild. Okay, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so it was just, it was, I think that it was just fate.
0: Yeah. How long after you moved back to LA did you meet him?
1: Oh, I moved back in 2016 and I met him in 2018. So about two years. years.
0: That's great. And were you, you know, once you go on a dating app, did you just, you're like, now I'm ready. Was it like, oh, I'm ready just to to try to meet people and like let yourself get out there again? Did you just know when the time was right?
1: Um, Yeah, it was, it was just all really just intuitive. I'm like, okay, well, I'm interested in this. Let me just try it. It was more of a let me see. Like I didn't really have any expectations.
0: That's wonderful. Because I think it's so many people are like, oh, you need to go on dating sites. And I go on and I go off and I'm like, I don't know. I'm close. I'm not, I feel like I need a little bit more time. Um, But so in this journey, so you end up, how long have you been together with your fiance now? So we've been together for five years. That's awesome. And you're getting married in the spring.
1: In the spring. Yes.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And do you, do you have some of your past relationship? Does it creep into your current or are they so polar opposite that you're because you know, sometimes it's—I um, don't know if you're afraid of what has happened in the past. Like, could life repeat itself? Because how do you basically how do you trust someone after being heartbroken?
1: Right. Um, so definitely, you know, the doubts do come in as far as can you trust this person. But they are so like the person that I'm with now, like my fiance, he is just so polar opposite of everyone that I've ever dated before. There's like a quote that I really love that says that. Um, if it pretty much says that you'll come to a point where you'll realize why it never worked out with anyone else. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And that's true. I, I do believe that, you know, you, when you find that right person, you're just going to know that it is, it is the person you're meant to be together with. So, oh, that's so wonderful. So Vanessa, tell us about, I love the name um, transformational wisdom, and it was something that I was really interested in. It's such a powerful name. Tell me more about that and and what this is for you.
1: Transformative wisdom started uh, through the process of my healing. I, going through that process and then also going to yoga school, learning about how emotions get trapped in our bodies and how those things affect us. It affects our health. Um, I just started writing. I just started writing some of the, just the nuggets and the pearls that I found was healing for me. And so transformative wisdom started because I had a desire to share some of the things that helped me um, with other women.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So what, so what do you hope to have from transformative wisdom? What is your goal over the next few years? What would you like to see it? Because right now we're on Instagram together and mm-hmm. you have some really powerful quotes, and i I really enjoy seeing them. Tell us more about that and where where do you want to take this?
1: Wow. Well, um well, first, thank you. Yeah, um, love it. Love it. So transformative wisdom, I see it as my umbrella company for mm-hmm. uh, for healing. Pretty much. And I would love to write a book about just my entire process. So I see me becoming an author. I also uh, see me doing retreats and things to help women uh, learn self-care and just get back in love and in touch with themselves. So. I see it doing that and then I also see it supporting other heart-based umbrella projects such as Better Without Them.
0: I feel that if you're not healthy, you can't move on mentally. I think physically and your body is so important. And I'm sure you felt the same. Like I really struggled with, um, my stomach is my emotion. So Mm -hmm. I really struggled um, for a long, like I'd say six months, I would throw up (laughs) regularly. I struggled emotionally with my stomach was just got myself so worked up and I feel everyone always says yoga and your body you really your emotions are so tied to that and I think it's critical to take time to do yoga do meditation to things that I'm learning more that like last night I couldn't sleep and I just sat and was like almost that zen moment of breathing I have a girlfriend who taught me this past weekend, and she said, "Hey, you need to breathe. You're not breathing right. Breathe up here." Like she was really, and I feel like that's all interchangeable. And I think you knowing yoga and the healing piece is so helpful for women and people that need, you know, to find to find ways to be better themselves. Yeah, I'm also. It's very interesting. I'm also
1: a stomach person, so every single time I go through a breakup, and it only happens with breakups. Like yes. I just, I can't get anything down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah.
0: And I it's think hard that... to explain to people that I get super, I am I get nauseous fairly easily, but nothing like the heartbreak and loss is my stomach. I've never I can't even explain. I'm so glad you understand what that means because it's, it's, mm-hmm. you're just, you're in knots and I'm just cannot keep food down and I'm sick, like violently sick over my emotions. I wish I didn't have that. But I always know when I'm like, when I'm truly at my lowest, I'm, I'm physically sick from my stomach. It's wild.
1: Yeah. I really, um, I'm in the process of writing the better without them book Uh to help uh, women do heartache. Um, and I actually have a quote in there that, uh, talks about how I really, I said that there is a, uh, point in my stomach where food and sadness meet.
0: Yes. That's a really way to do it. Yes, sadness and complete depression. When you can't get yourself up to, and you know, I've talked to you about my lows, that those moments, the sadness, depression, and your stomach are all interchangeable that you just, and it takes a little bit every day to get a little bit better. Um, And I love that, you know, something you said earlier, it took you time and you took the time you needed because when you did find this fabulous love, you were ready. And I think so many people are like, oh, just date and do this. And I do think it's a process. Heartbreak is a process. It doesn't go away overnight. Your memory is thinking of them. It takes time for them to be out of your your sight. And I love that you did that. And I'm sure, do you feel, would you change anything of that process to get where you are today? Like, would you want it to be faster, take a little more time? Or do you think you did it the way that it was meant to really be for you? Well, of course,
1: when you're in agony, you want it to go by fast, but I feel as though that everything happened and it just, it ripened in the time that it needed to ripen. So, like, I can see where every little step kind of led me to where I am now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm at peace with it.
0: Yeah, that's, you no. Know, and I love that. I met someone, a woman who's heartbroken this past weekend, and she made a comment to me and said, you know, oh, I just I'm ready to date and whatever. And I said, just promise me you do all the steps. Don't skip a step. Some steps will come back and repeat. Like mm-hmm. anger comes and goes with me. Depends on the time of the day. Um, that one seems to to linger. But I said, don't don't be too excited and rush to move on because you're going to set yourself back. And I said, just trust me. You have to. And she was like, uh, she understood what I meant because. You can't, you have to go through those stages, no matter how long it takes you. Some people say it takes four years. It takes three years, whatever that is for you individually. But don't skip a step. And I'm sure you feel the same that you need to go through it.
1: Yes. So the issue with that is, um, so for me, I had um, two major heartbreaks in my life. And the first one, when it happened, I was, I was like 20. So I didn't really do all the steps and everything that I needed to do correctly, but because I didn't do that, I kept choosing the wrong people. And I feel as though that it's important for you to do the steps because if you don't go through the healing process to figure out why you're even attracted to that person in the first place, you'll just keep choosing the wrong person or you'll bring all of that heartache and baggage into your new relationship.
0: Well, I think you said you found the person that's opposite. And I think that speaks volumes, but you also don't need to bring the baggage because you took the time. It's almost you have that you're set up for success and relationships are hard, but you're off to a great start having that as your foundation. So that's, that's amazing. So when, what do you hope people learn from you? Like from these experiences, I feel like we can teach others about heartache. What would you like people to learn from you through this experience you've gone through?
1: I hope that women learn that you know, just because you have been rejected, it doesn't mean that you're any less valuable, it doesn't mean that your life won't be fulfilling and happy. The only thing it really means is that you are in a relationship with a person, it didn't work out and just take whatever Lessons or, you know, whatever you learned from that and you can move forward with your life. I think that there is a lot on the Internet right now bashing divorced women, single women, um, shaming women for not being able to keep keep a partner. And it's like you have to just silence all of that noise and you just have to get to your inner work and just know that you can always start again. You can have a happy
0: life. I think that's so beautiful because I do think women sometimes are also hard on women. Oh, yes. And if you want to have children and if you want to have a career and if you want to have both and if I think women are always so critical and I feel like our job as women is to support each other. I think that's part of the reason what you're doing, what you're doing and what I'm doing is women are survivors more than anyone. And we're here to help each other. And I wish women would be more supportive to help each other when we go through heartache or loss or grief or success and happiness. I feel like I've, and I'm sure you might feel the same. I feel like my inner circle is even tighter with those who pick me up off the floor and were with me during my darkest days, but also my happiest days now. And I'm I'm sure you feel the same that women can really help each other and it, it shouldn't be the stigma of this is a life that we just happen to fall into.
1: Yes, and I know that, you know, as far as uh women's rights and everything, I feel like we've gotten really far, but there are still a lot of antiquated beliefs and whether us as women want to admit it or not, there is a pecking order with women when it comes to their relationship status. And so, if we could just get rid of that and just come together and to and support each other, I think that better friendships.
0: Yeah. No, I I totally agree. And real friendships, not the superficial, Mm -hmm. as you said, because you were saying, and I agree, like the superficial with your your friends and beauty and style and whatever. And I think as you get older, that stuff doesn't mean quite as much as it did when we were younger. It just doesn't. It's what you have inside is so much more important. Um, But it's hard in the moment when you're like, oh, I do, you know, want these things and the people that represent it as well.
1: Yeah. Um, as you, I mean, I feel as though that, yeah, that's young friendships, but as you get older, you realize that life happens. People have family members that pass away. People get sick, like all kinds of things happen. Like there isn't this like, you know, superficial ideal life that, you know, they sell you on television. Real life happens. And when real life happens, you have to, um, have friends and you have to give yourself grace for actually being a real person
0: with real feelings and emotions. You know, I just think I couldn't agree with you more. So what are you most excited? Obviously you're getting married, but Mm -hmm. what are you most excited about for your future? When you look at the horizon, what just makes you happy?
1: Um, So I'm really, really excited about starting my better without them podcast and Finishing the book and just working with more women and just getting, spreading the message of healing out there. Like that makes me really excited. I know that one of the things that happened after my divorce was I, it was really hard for me to get connected to my why anymore. And I feel as though that this gets me connected to my why, gets me out of bed and it just makes me really excited. So
0: it's wonderful. No, and it's true and I think what I love is, you know, you're you have a great vision and and I do believe when you believe in yourself more than anything with no doubt you really can achieve anything. I love what your mission stands for. I can't wait to see Vanessa where this goes and the retreats and the having women come together. I mean, I just love I love everything that you're doing and as I said, I love seeing your inspirational quotes more than I can tell you. And there's more well, there's been a few mornings where I'm like, I just needed that. I just need that affirmation that, you know, hey, you know, here here's something to get you through the day. So know that you have a, a huge fan over here who really does truly, I, I look forward to it in the mornings. Um, so I always leave um, with one last question of what empowers you? What inspires you, Vanessa?
1: I think what inspires me the most is creativity and self-expression. Like I'm just a really big fan of how us as humans just express ourselves. And that gets me up in the morning.
0: It's so true. We're all so different, but then we're unique, but then we can come together and help each other. And I think that that's, you know, super, that's what makes us all so human. Um, Vanessa, you're super inspiring. I'm so happy you're in my universe. Um, I can't wait to see what you do and and thank you for inspiring women and, and really helping us understand, you know, life. There is love waiting for all of us at an, another turn and it's for the better. So I love seeing seeing what you're doing and can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah.